Welcome to Fundamental Fridays, where we provide you practical tips and tricks for working on or in your business. My name is Devin. And my name is Thor. And today we're talking about the magical world of storytelling and business. There we go. Children's books. Absolutely. Magic Treehouse. Did you ever read that as a kid? Magic Treehouse? And yeah. then what was the other one with the school bus? The Magic School Bus? Miss Frizzle? Are you talking about like the little, little book? I'm talking like mid-range. Oh, like you got no, done talking. with Dr. Seuss and then you start reading, mad, start reading, region. I started reading in uh, <laughs> Magic Treehouse. I remember it. The little school bus, wasn't that like a TV yeah. show? Yeah, there was a TV show. I'm not talking about And they about. had like a lizard? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was... Now we'll, now we'll go down Sabumafoon yeah. route too. If we okay. want. Did no you idea. Sabumafoon? No idea. Now we're getting way off base. Okay. <clears throat> Bringing it back MacGyver? home. <laughs> you watch MacGyver. This, yeah, you did. Absolutely. But this is summing up how today has been going. How, um, how is, what's so, our update for the fans? So one, our trip out to San Diego was absolutely incredible. I burnt the bejesus out of my face, which is tons of fun. Uh, we had one day where it was just perfectly sunny out and all the rest were kind of like cold and rainy so it felt like we were kind of flip-flopping because back home it was 80 degrees and sunny and beautiful um but still being able to be out in san diego with you hang out with everyone absolutely incredible i appreciate you said it was me mm -hmm. yeah good time rented a shelby mustang yeah that was a blast We'll didn't, leave it there. Didn't get any tickets. So that's no, always a good thing. Literally woke up. <laughs> I drove the first day. Welcome to next March. Looked at the door. I was like, I appreciate the support. You just <laughs> you had my back. Got to have faith when you're going fast. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, met some great people. Went on some yachts. Burned some money. Um, Made some great connections, though. Bigger, bigger than anything. Yeah. Great connections on Sh that front. Shout out to Monica at the Star Tribune. She hooks up with the best food we had there by far. Mm. Her recommendation. Absolute fire. Oh, yeah. Super tasty on that end. And then for super authentic, Adam had us on that end. Yeah, exactly. Yep, we're covered on both sides of the equation. So and now we're just coming back to lots of leads, lots of client meetings. We weren't planned on this many, but we, we didn't plan. Not weren't planned. We did not plan on having this many. Unintentional, but through all the hard work that we're doing, it, it does make it, it makes sense when you take a step back oh, and yeah. you kind of evaluate things of all the grinding or like just the busyness that we've been doing, it starts to make yeah. more sense with how things are going. Yeah. But you, you just, you're, you're moving way too fast to recognize it now. Yeah. And I'd say plug for the day. Appreciate the patience. Uh, garage door broke, <laughs> tree fell, and the dentist had a lot of fun. So I don't like the dentist. I know Thor doesn't like the dentist. Gabe, do you like the dentist? No, nobody likes the dentist. <laughs> it's straight evil. It's where they drill more holes in your face, I tell people. Went in, they numbed up. They put this goo on, they double injected me with shots, and then the power went out and they sent me on my way and I had zero So a successful procedure. day at the yes, dentist. You, you technically avoided it and got drugs. But I still got stabbed <laughs> twice. So Brutal. weirdest part, when they were stabbing me, all right, I'm just going to put this so out there. So aggressive for phrasing. They are stabbing me in the gum. You know what they did to distract me? I don't know how I felt about it. They tapped me on the forehead. So like sitting here tapping me. So I'm like thinking about this while they stabbed me in the gun. It worked really good. Like I'll give him credit, but I first time I felt like it was like, you know, torture when you're a little kid and the brother would tap oh, you on the yeah. chest. Name ten candy bars. You're like, yeah, you gotta ah, do I the candy do bars. Yeah, just, just tap it out. Cereal or whatever. Oh, absolutely, pick. some nightmare thing. Yeah. And then someone absolutely. would say name ten capitals. I'm like, well, we'll sit here for a day because I don't know three. So. I'm gonna have a hole in my chest. Yeah. <laughs> um, priceless. So but, yeah, just weird moment. Well, that and then yeah, for la last week too, for not being able to post. On our normal time frame. Yes, we apologize. 
yeah. yeah. Apologize no on that end where it's like, whoops, we're sitting in San, San Diego at a mini golf course. And we're like, oh, yep, we did not do that. So appreciate everyone's patience on that yeah. end. And stayed too. up to 1 a.m. So we definitely didn't have time to get to it. No. So <laughs> back, back to the topic of today. So let's so just start out by uh, the importance of storytelling in business or how it can be used. So storytelling, extremely valuable because it makes complex things simple, right? If you think about a children's book, it is used to teach children complex things in a simple fashion. And you're going, Devin, colors and names aren't complex, kitty cat dog. Uh, but to a kid, definitely very complex concepts, but you put it in story form. And not only do you teach the basics, you can actually teach underlying uh, morals, characteristics, and bigger picture items. So that's why kids can read a book at three and six and still enjoy it because they're understanding the more in-depth knowledge behind it. So in business, when you're trying to explain what you do, how you solve a problem, it's very natural for us when you actually tell a story to have it make sense versus just using a bunch of technical jargon to talk about infrastructure versus atoms versus chip development inside of, you know, cloud manufacturing facilities. Woof. Exactly. That didn't even make yeah. sense to me. Super I don't even know. Boring. I think, I, I, think I blended words that don't even <laughs> go together. Technically, it, it was English. Yeah. But yeah. I just popped right to when you think about uh, the <laughs> paper mills when I was a kid, I thought they made clouds, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't even judge because we literally <laughs> lived across from one and we just looked at it and I'm like, yep, thought That's the same you thing. Lived? You were so close to me then. In Sartell? Yeah. Yeah. I lived two minutes from that. I lived okay, on well, the river We got to talk about it later. Okay. We got to talk about it later. I mean, we don't have to, but we can so story time back to you. So yes. that's the value of it. See, already we feel more close and he's going to buy from me now, whatever I have to sell. So good things. So outside of that, is there another good example of storytelling that is a compelling brand story or anything that like is memorable that you can think of? Kind of throwing you on the spot there, but. A rememberable brand story. Or a memorable. Memorable. Rememberable? Memorable. 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 <laughs> Uh, so I can't honestly off the top of my head no there's not a story that a company has told them like you know what that's fire I will never forget this but the emotional strings that story, stories pull on is quite impressive so if you think about on the retail side let's talk about watches we just had a watch show right and you have someone who grew up and uh, has a lot of memory towards watches or they had an experiences where they're in a group of large people that all are talking about watches and they know anything about it and they're looking for a way to differentiate themselves, feel involved in the crowd. You can help pull on the emotional strings when you're talking about a watch, helping them understand that it's more than something that tells time. It's more than something that looks cool, that it has tradition, it has history to it, it has value to it. So if we had to pivot right on the spot, because my mind just you know pinged, is bourbon, right? So mm. I love bourbon not because just because of the flavor, not just because it's alcohol, because there's plenty of alcohol I don't like. I like bourbon because of the history and the story behind it. So when I buy a bottle, who are we talk? We're talking to Hart. So we went out for to Manny Steakhouse on Saturday night, right? Yep. Started talking to Hart and this guy, this gentleman we're talking, he's like, Devin, but like bourbon's only what four, five, six hundred dollar bottle you're kind of peeking at. And I said, absolutely, but not the story. The story doesn't peak at $600. And right away, Hart started to understand where there's bottles that are three, four, five, six, seven grand that, yeah, they're going to be slightly better than a five or $600 bottle, but is it three grand better? Probably not. 
but you're buying the nostalgia, you're buying the history. So a great example is uh, OFC is a um, Buffalo Trace bourbon. It's been around forever. It's about a $3,800 bottle, up to $5,800 depending on year, blah, blah, blah. I love it because it's their first big line bourbon they ever came out with. It's aged over 20 years, has this whole history on how Buffalo Trace is the one, one of the original distilleries. This is like the foundation who they were. So as you sip on it, now I feel really old. <laughs> if it's 25 years old in two years, well, it was bottled and barreled in 2000. <laughs> wow, I thought it was going to be bottled before I was alive, but that is not accurate. Um, but now you're sipping on something that was bottled when I was extremely young by a company who's been around forever as this tradition of a master distiller where it was still the original Buffalo Trace master distiller aging it. So now people are willing to spend more for the product because they're not saying, hey, here's bourbon. But they're saying, hey, here's history. Here's our culture. Here's our original distiller. Here's all these feelings behind it. And now people are willing to pay more for it. And that's and that's some. And so when you suggest that someone is willing to pay more for it, you're implying that that's that company understanding their target audience yeah and crafting it around them or really just finding them right because i feel like that's got to be kind of an odd balance to, to for a story like that where it just comes into itself to the people that are very passionate about it there's no way to craft something like that intentionally right like th like th thinking about it backwards right I think if we tie into the GTM, you definitely craft it intentionally. So if you look at your ideal client profile. Yeah, you got to break this down. Your market yeah. analysis. Feed me. <laughs> and your value prop. Yeah. That's the foundation of your story. And it can be as simple as if we look at look at Gabe's studio for a minute. There's just a whole story behind it, right? When Gabe's talking to a client, he's not like, hey, yep, we come to your place and we uh, set up a cool podcast and we record it and then we post it and yay, right? Like there's no story behind that. But when Gabe walks and goes, yeah, this crazy moment, I was working with uh, Joel and Ashley and they had this really retro bar that they had a friend who owned and they went and set up there and they're able to tell this whole story behind the bar and the history of how it was built inside of it. And now the clientele that not only were in the bar watching it, they're also able to go online, tell their friends, hey, I was at this live podcast studio shoot, is able to paint this picture or this storybook of the value behind it. On the verse side, if we look at clients like um, the estate purchasing group who buys you know, jewelry and antiques from estate people, well, what he's pulling the strings out when he tells the story is, imagine that uh, you know your family member just uh, recently passed away, you inherited all of this um, antiques, gold and jewelry, you don't wanna just pawn it off to anyone, but you don't know what to do with it. So now you're sitting in this kind of lost space of really feeling emotionally vulnerable so you don't want to just go anywhere well now his company comes in supports you during that emotional time works alongside of you to understand the value behind your assets and also helps you understand all your different avenues and paths you can go down and lets you choose it in the end right so it's always about painting this picture that it's not just a transaction it's not just a product it's not just a service there's this whole feeling and culture and story behind anything you're selling and if you can tell the story and pull in the emotional strings rather than just the logical, you'll win every day. If you just go after logic, you're done. That's fair on, on, on that end. It's got to be a balanced approach. Because then how does that translate between branding to marketing? Right? Or from, yeah. Yeah, Sorry, I would say right? so. Yeah, we'll back up quick. Same. So like branding and marketing, if we even go before that, we talk about the emotional strings a little more. Why do you own a Beamer? I think they just look aesthetically pleasing. Okay. They're a very timeless shape. And they're just, it's a luxury vehicle that looks nice. Quality wise is there. 
I don't know. That's a good question. I just honestly, I really enjoy BMW and I don't know a ton of their like heritage. Yeah, but, right, like, but what's the story? What, if you own a Beamer, what are you? I want to say something inappropriate, but I'm just saying of like most people will hate on someone who's driving a fancier car, air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'll be honest. So I, we'll go down an easier path. So I own a Mastercraft. Why well, do I own the Mastercraft? Yeah, I could say the stitching's amazing and they build a better quality and they have a better wake <laughs> and they have a better motor, which is all very accurate. <laughs> but on the reverse side, yeah, there's something about when you own something really nice. So I picked boating as the thing I'm going to pour a lot of money into because it's my hobby, right? If you look at my house, if you look at some other stuff I own, you'd be like, I don't think Devin's passionate about that, but he owns it. My boat is my thing. See, I want the thing when it's on the water. It looks cool. It's the most BA thing driving around. It has the history behind it. If you own a Masscraft, you own the most premium wakeboard boat out there, except for Nautique. Yes, you can compete. And the Pavati, you're absurd. I, I can't afford that ever. Level. But there is this nostalgia of like, yeah, I just dropped a Mastercraft in the water. Like I'm totally oh, Mastercraft, yeah, 100%. right? Oh yeah, 100%. I'm driving, yeah. I'm right, driving but a BMW, so you're not, you just feel good. Right, so exactly, you just feel good. So you're buying the story. You're not just buying the oh, body yeah. lines. You're not just, cause sorry, a BMW next to an extremely loaded Audi next oh, to an extremely yeah. loaded Porsche, they all look amazing, right? So that's, it's what, that's good. what emotionally pulled on your strings the most to go, I want this one cause I feel the best in it. I feel the coolest in it. I feel the happiest in it. And so that's what it is. No one makes a logical decision in the end. I don't care who you are. Because a logical decision. They don't. Because okay. if you look at it, name a, name a product you can buy that only one person offers that exact product or service. Name one. I'll wait. Um, yeah, no, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. There's one nothing. Thing, no. Well, yeah, because there, there's always going to be some sort of com competition or someone that does some, something similar. Or tries and if there's to... not, it's because no one wants it. You are selling something that's garbage and so no one's then, ever going to buy it. Yikes. So then on, on that note, how does someone who is starting a business, owns a business, how do they go about creating this or having that story? Yeah. So it's all starts with your brand. So Thor and I aren't super deep in, into the brand side of the equation. Eric Dahlman, shout out to you. He's phenomenal at it. He's all about creating the image and the persona of what your brand stands for. So if you think of REI, you think of rugged, you think of outdoor, but you still kind of think of hippie, right? Versus if you think of Gander Mountain, you think of rugged, outdoor, hunting, you know, more country, Fair. but they both sell a lot of the same things. And if you think of Shields, they're kind of this weird middle of the road between the two. That's like, I will do it all. So call me commodity, right? Active uh, wear. <laughs> like they're, they're servicing all the market. And so they're not as niched in, which I also think is a strength. If you can be a Walmart, if you can't be a Walmart, you shouldn't do it. Niching is important. We've talked about that in the past. You have to have a core focus. And if I had a guess, they, Shields focus is probably your average sportsman who does activities but isn't doubling down in it right no so branding's where you start so if you're a startup business right now and you build i don't know anything on that let's let's look at the tech side you have a new software that's come out you need to figure out not just what makes your product different from features and benefits but what value even from a story standpoint do you bring to the table that's different than anyone else like salesforce great example their value is they're mm. fun and approachable 
You can't tell me another HubSpot could was no different than Salesforce. Oh, hundred percent. Sure, some of you other be like, well, technically, don't care. <laughs> That's the gist of it. It was the same, right? It just—it's <laughs> been a spicy day, everyone. It, it is the same. But if you look at yeah. Salesforce, what they did is they created these little cartoon characters. They made it fun. They made it approachable. They made it so anybody who didn't too. understand tech didn't feel weird about calling someone. I'm going. I don't even know what CRM is. Like, what is this thing? Why do I need it? I someone told me I did. So they changed their story and their brand, and they started telling the story of we are the CRM for everyone. We're the CRM for one individual shop. We use it to enterprise size accounts oh, like massive. Dell. Dell yeah. uses it. Uh, HP uses it. Hormel. Yeah, they finally started AT&T. using it. I left there. Yeah. So what it's all about is how do you tell a story? That makes you different because your features and benefits in the end are going to be the same. If you run down that path, that's fine. But then you're a commodity. I know you don't want to hear that, but then you're a commodity. Again, okay, but you need to double down and stuff will talk down the road like operational efficiencies, streamlining supply chains, focusing on transactions and high customer satisfaction, which everyone still is, but it's very tactical. If you want to be able to be a higher margin solution, typically, you have to tell a story that makes it worth you being higher margin. Because... I used to think Salesforce is the best. I played around some other CRMs. I mean, they're a, a dime a piece between the top six. There's not major differences. I would agree on that end. And so on the tech it's side. It's all that personal preference. Yeah. So tech, you need to figure that out when you come out with a product, like why my product over else? Why my service? And if we look at the exit planning side, we're focused on these two because we work with them a lot. If you can't tell the story hmm. of your company, why would someone pay a four multiple instead of a five? Like, why don't I just pay four? Why would I pay five? Like, what makes you different? And it's telling that story internally because you need to tell that when you hire people. Why would I mm-hmm. work here? Like, companies need to realize you need to, like, if I ever, back when I interviewed, you needed to sell me because I, w- I was there enough to believe I'm good enough for you and the problem you need me to solve. But you need to sell me that you're culturally the right fit for my personality because I'm also honest enough to go, I can't solve it or I don't fit in here. Like I'll just call it out right away. But if I feel like I do, now it's your job to convince me that I want to be there long term. So it's understanding when you're selling a company, if you can't tell that story, because I hate to break it. If you're in any business and you put it up for sale one day, there's at least 20 more out there in the country just like you for sale. Okay, oh, I don't care. You're like, well, yeah, but they don't have Thor. They don't want Thor because <laughs> Thor's going away. Because Thor's retiring and selling it. So they need a story and a brand that is basically a cult following behind Foundation? It. Yeah, they need that foundation. <laughs> brand new favorite word. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what Marco used to be. I was talking to one of their former VPs two days ago, and he said back when he had to compete against them, he only lost for one reason. They'd be like, yeah, I just like them, though. Hard argument. That's a story. Like you're uh-huh. buying the story of it was a bootstrapped back in 1972 typewriter shop that grew to the largest printing, you know, managed service provider in the U.S. Ooh. That's a story you're buying. Into. Yeah, hard argument on that end. Yeah. All day. So, okay. Yeah. No, appreciate that. So what are you, what are you drinking today? Or what are we drinking? I should, uh, I'm should drinking say. something that's just putrid. Yeah. It is putrid. It is horrible. It's bad. It is. Uh, like, go with the regular Basil Hayden's over this. Oh, 100%. I would. I am on that bandwagon. So we what what we ended up get, uh, buying uh, is Basil Hayden. It's their 10-year. And I think this is relatively new because I, I think they I've have, never seen. I've seen the yeah. toasted and then the one you pointed the, out. The wine. Yeah. I think it's 
aged in wine barrels or something along those lines. So I think this is their their brand new line, I would imagine, for this year. Um, yeah, it's just not good. It's putrid. There's, yeah, putrid. Love the word, though. Thank good you. on that. And, and it does open really nice, though. Yeah. It, do, it does have a good little pop to it, but it just doesn't have... Yeah, there's there's no strong flavors, really. I give it a end. one. Woof. Rough. No, that's yeah. a lie, because I had a... Uh, <laughs> what's it called? I think it's... No, it's not Keepers. Can't remember. I give it a three. There's one I can remember. I'll look it up and that's tell you all next worse. time. That was worse. Okay. Yeah, I would say three. Bib and Tucker. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just don't ever buy Bib and Tucker. So expensive and just rancid. Like it's not putrid, it's rancid. That's a one. This is a three. Just what what a day today has been. Um yeah, I would say a three. Yeah, again. Three is is for it's not like undrinkable. There's just nothing memorable or anything exciting about it. It's no. just there, there's no heat, there's no flavors that carry out. There's just nothing. It's just there. Which is kind of depressing. It's like, hey, I showed up. Hi. And then you're like, who said that? <laughs> Do you work here? Yeah. No. Yeah. So no, guys. Sorry. It's and it, it wasn't crazy expensive either. But like fifty bucks, forty five. It was sixty five dollars. Sixty five dollars. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bummed. Totally about kidding. About I was. It. Yeah. 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 I'd be a little a little frustrated. frustrated. On that. And, well, it can always bring it to brick and mortar, right? Oh, well, yeah. See if people like it there. Yep. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> what? I don't know. I didn't say anything. So storytelling, I feel like we should give a context, at least now when I say it's like a children's book. Yeah, please. So basis of a children's book, right? You have the, the, the hero or the character, whether it's like a tomato in a garden that struggles with insecurities and he's a little kid or like superhero, <laughs> like Captain Underpants, right? So you have these. Did you ever read those books as a kid? Absolutely. Okay. So you have the hero, then you always have the villain or the challenge, right? Yes. So Cap, or whatever, Captain cool. Underpants had the villains. The little tomato had the struggle. He's trying to get over his insecurities. And they always have this journey they go along, right? And most sales reps or companies, they talk about the journey. They go, yeah, they, you know, Thor was here. He took on this product, solution, or service, and he ended up here. Yay, right? It's a good thing. Okay, cool. (laughs) But if you look at true children's books that are really, really good, there's always this underlying story that isn't obvious, but it's all the lessons and things they learned along the way of the journey that got him to the end solution. So yeah, there's the solution that got him here, but there's all these micro lessons you learn. And the reason those micro lessons are so important is in your story allows you to pivot it as you're talking to clients. So you go, hey, as I walk down this journey, oh, Thor's gonna connect the most with the client that learned about how now he could have more free time with his family. So still my product solution got into this end goal and solves problem, but here's this additional benefit he got from it. Or he's gonna align more with, he was able to have more money to pour into innovation. Or he was able, you gotta find these micro lessons that are learned throughout, which are kind of like your feature benefits, but not really, they're more on the emotional side because it isn't necessarily a benefit to someone. And so when you tell a story, you can't just walk along the basic journey. You gotta also break off trail and talk about all these sub lessons that the hero character conflict yes yeah (laughs) in some way shape or form yeah conflict to the resolution so hero emotion yeah villain pro pro protagonist yeah yeah fancy words jump on the bandwagon beautiful story they'll love love that you brought it back to the nostalgia of like captain underpants right hilarious on that i don't know how old that makes us but well i mean just gotta embrace it at some point all right i love it until i get id'd every time but that's okay Ravager, I know, 
fucking has bean bags. All good. But yeah, no, I'm trying to think anything else that you can think of off the top of your head that maybe we've missed or because I'm trying to just run through everything. Yeah, so I would just say when you're creating your story, it's just like when you're trying to niche down. It's just like when you're trying to narrow down your product or service. Take the time to go run it past people because what sounds good to you won't always sound good to me. And it's okay if, if a percentage, so maybe I'm only 10% that didn't like it, that's fine, right? Oh, yeah. But you're going to have a portion where when you first try out a story, it's just not going to click with the majority. And that's okay because you're too close to it. And so that's why you got to keep trial running it for a while until you get to the point where you're like, no, the story rides now. It makes sense to people. And just know that story needs to be thread throughout your sales collateral, your marketing collateral, your social media, your sales call. So everything we talked about before in the GTM with your sales channel strategies, mm -hmm. marketing strategies, this story, and this is why we're kind of ending with it after a GTM series, needs to just breathe and live throughout the entire life cycle. And it's okay for your story to change. Yes, and it's why you can be running on that bigger time scale, right? To where yes. it's like this, yeah, the expectation is not that you figure this out in the first month or week or anything insanely fast by any means this is something that can grow with you but it just needs to be done intentionally yeah right yeah so it's, I think it's all about really being intentional intentional yeah it is it's just like our client we had asked us yesterday you know it said how important is niching down and it's just <laughs> like yeah it's painful but it's super important yes. but it takes time and that's your story should develop as you niche down yeah. like our story is dynamite now because we niche down to our really like who's like yeah we work uh, start a life end of life exit planning and startups right like oh, not a lot of people had you but, asked but it clicked we went to peg, peg that six months ago no no so that has been a painful journey but just something that just keep working on it just keep plugging away at it because um, I can imagine yeah again if you're in a situation when if you're by yourself or in a bigger group that that's something that could easily get lost and not be focused on and then kind of to the detriment of you. Of, of what you're working on, right? Yeah. And if you own your own company and you're working alone, you have to say your story out loud and to a lot of people. Yes. You, as it doesn't come to life and, and you have to go get opinions and collaborate and create because I couldn't create one on my own. Thor couldn't either. And don't take, I know we say this a lot, but don't take everyone's advice just because they say it's a good idea. <laughs> doesn't mean yeah. it is. You no, know? you got to take like, it with a grain of salt. And, and be confident understand. enough to stand in your own ground and your truth of what you think will work. 100%. Yeah. But I'd say that's the gist of storytelling. Prob in my opinion, whether you work in a company and you're trying to move up, you're pitching a end solution, you're on a sales call, you own your own business. Like if you want to be successful in the business realm in any facet and level up your intellect, the only way to do that is being able to take the most complex concepts and opinions and theories and explain them in a story is the only way you will... Uh, really separate yourself from the rest. So it's, this is a topic that fits everybody. Oh yeah. Again, it just, it, it's dumbing everything down to a relatable standpoint. So you don't need to be an expert in it. Cause that's the other half of like meeting people and not to like continue and dragging this on, but we've met plenty of people who are just like, wow, they just really just stay in their lane. Like, holy smokes. Like, how can you, like, I don't understand, like I get what you do, but I don't know it well enough to, to be any kind of dangerous. And this is where storytelling allows everyone to kind of at least understand where we all sit at a table. Yeah. So good on that. And on that note, as always guys, stay humble, stay hungry, stay at it.